has served me really well with the majority, but where it didn't serve me well and where I needed to learn is with moms. Because I, it's not that I couldn't empathize, but I, I truly wanted it to just be the same. Right. Okay. And, and in that case, you realize it's not the same because the majority of the moms are still doing the majority of Correct. the work with their kids. And welcome back to Herspective. And just because you mentioned it last week, I have to say it. We're one week in. <laughs> one week and one day. <laughs> one week and one day, true. Uh, being mass free. So it's been Congrats. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty amazing. Um, still super excited about it. Still feels really good. So yeah, I'm all for calling it out every single week forever forever I actually have to say though I have found a few moments like going into certain places where I have that like hesitation you know like oh I forgot something like I'm I don't know why like I feel I have no interest in wearing years. it hasn't been consecutively two or consistently two years with With masks masks, yes it has has when did they stop it I don't know. I feel like in the summer we were allowed to take them off or something. Maybe it has. No, we weren't. (laughs) My life is a blur these past two years. In the summer, all that was different was the restrictions were lifted in terms of like lockdown and shit. Like we still always had to wear a mask. Okay. Well, obviously I, those things don't live in my head rent free. I block all of that out. Um, (laughs) But I, I guess what I know everyone says oh it's been two years like we've had to do this for two years but it's like yeah but I didn't wear a mask for 35 years so I know but these are the most recent years I know but you think the muscle memory of not feeling like you should be wearing one would pull through of 35 years for me versus two well I think that it will quickly it's yeah. just the first bit. Like, I think after a month, we won't even remember wearing the masks. Like, Hopefully. that's where the muscle memory will come back. I pray for that. I guess it's also because I see people, right? You see other people, they're still wearing their masks. So I feel like, oh, shit, am I supposed to be wearing it? And I do find that I look on whatever store I'm going into or business or whatever. Do they have, like, a sign? Because, like, it's up to the businesses if they prefer to have their customers wear masks or not. So I'm always like, oh, shit, what if I am in one that – has that preference but I don't have one on me anymore because why would I so oh, you threw them all out yeah I burned them <laughs> <laughs> I did had a big mass burning seance in my backyard well like I, I danced I had naked not. around the flames <laughs> that's a treat in many ways that is <laughs> my neighbors loved it <laughs> yeah I, oh I bet uh, especially <laughs> the ones that are pro masks <laughs> yeah seriously I like I said last time though I have not burned my mask because I'm about to go to the airport. Um, and but I still will need my mask for, like the worst mask session to date for me, uh, an eight hour flight. So, that sucks. Yeah, well that does suck. But it'll be good. It'll be worth it. And because I'm arriving somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, because you're leaving the country. Um, and I can't wait to talk about your trip when you get back uh, from Portugal and also still very jealous so we'll expect many many updates so I can live vicariously through you for that week while you're gone 
because I kind of hate you, but happy for you at the same time. (laughs) I know. No, you're not. Like, nobody is ever happy for someone else, really, when they're going on vacation and you're staying put. So, fair. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) Speaking your truth, people, stop the lie. We know you're not happy for someone else when they get to go on vacation. That is so true. I am. It's the silliest thing. Like, like, obviously. Why can't I go? (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, let's normalize I'm so happy for you instead just be like I'm legit jealous like I am (laughs) legit jealous but no it's gonna be great and I can't wait to talk about it but that means um I know for our listeners we kind of touched on our um psilocybin journey that we will be embarking on so we haven't yet we're gonna wait till Jess gets back just because she didn't want to have like a psychedelic breakdown in Portugal in Portugal I'm sure it'll be fine, but, like, what if I'm flying high on mushrooms, like, on the flight? Like, no, let's just wait. (laughs) I mean, I I have to disclaimer that because we chose the rise. I know. Psilocybin capsules um, for the fact that it is, there is no psychedelic effects. There is no high that you get from this. This is strictly, like, microdosing to help with just brain function, mood function, creativity. So that won't happen. But of course, it's fun to kind of like pretend like we're going to just be like I know because on real shrooms sh- all the time. <laughs> real shroomies are like, you're such losers. It's like 0.04 of a gram. So chill. <laughs> like, well, fair. actually, it's 100 milligrams of psilocybin. So we'll see. But no, it's going to be good. So we are still doing this and we are still going to take you along our magic mushroom trip um when that's where the confusion lies when you do that i know (laughs) i can't stop myself i really can't just kidding recap we are taking the microdose capsules called rise um it is like of their scale of one to five it is a one in strength and uh we are we went with the product from fungal friend so um yeah we'll uh We'll fill you in once it gets started. Yeah. Don't expect any like <laughs> crazy stories. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but hopefully our experience is positive where we're like, yeah, I'm actually noticing just like my mood increasing, like just for the better, my creativity, my focus. Like I really do hope that that is going to be my experience and that it's a noticeable change. Like that's why I'm doing this. Yeah, I want to I wanna have that just overall like good feeling i'm i'm confident i'm i'm feeling good about it yeah well i mean brooks recommended and uh i, I trust her i trust her judgment and she's yeah, so far has she's had good experiences. <laughs> yeah she's pretty therefore she doesn't lie therefore it's like anything you say brooke <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, we have a great episode. Um, it is Gender Equality Month, and we actually haven't really mentioned that this month uh, on the show, but we did um, have... It's because Remy every on. month for us is Gender Equality Month. True. <laughs> and we also did, um, like, International Women's Day, where we spoke with Remy at the beginning of the month, uh, Remy Casimir from How Come Podcast. So um, we this month has definitely been more like dedicated to women. I mean, all of our shows are, but like yeah, I which feel like, which show wasn't? <laughs> well, I feel like this topic, the topics have been like a lot more female, like specific focus. So, um, but yeah, no, we have an awesome guest. But 
I wanted to mention a today years old because Yay. I noticed that on our social, we had a couple people send us, I was today years old when I learned that the numbers on the toaster are minutes. Is that like yes. your experience? Because I don't yes. know. I don't feel like that my toaster does that. I have numbers, but I feel like it's the level of toastiness. Like, I don't think it goes it up also to seven. Is, yes. I don't think that my, if I put it at That's seven, dramatic. I'm toasting for seven minutes. Like, it is. Have you ever no, tried to watch it and wait? Yeah, I can make um, a freaking egg and it's like my eggs are done before the toast. I, I don't know. I just feel like that's just asking for a fire if I'm toasting something for seven straight minutes, like a piece of bread. So I don't think every toaster has that, but that one wasn't new to me. I had seen that before. So I technically was not today years old, but apparently a lot of people were. So let us know. Okay. Is your toaster a minute First of or all, just like a degree? Yes. Every toaster is minute. Okay, I'm that timing is, it. That is nothing new. I'm timing well, it. Okay, do it. We'll sit here for seven minutes and see. Well, like, not but right now. But I will say, I will say to you, I remember being shocked when I did find that out as well. Even though it's yeah. now old information to me, I will say I was shocked by that. And also felt similar sentiments, but because this information is now been sitting with me for a while, I've had many chances to test out the theory. I do know that that's true. Okay, well, I'm going to test it like, today <laughs> because I don't think it's true. It just, it just, I just don't think I've, I've waited ever five whole minutes for a piece of toast. Like, I just don't feel like that has happened in my life. So with my and you're toaster. you're lucky. Time flies for you. Hold I on, guess. Lauren. So yeah, I will report back on the toaster situation in my house because I, I feel like I'm debunking <laughs> this myth. I'm going to. I, I would like you to. I'd like you to put the timer on and I'd like to see it because I just cannot fathom the fact that your toaster would be the one and only toaster that doesn't <laughs> work in the way in which toasters work. I have a special one. It's like European or something. Yeah, and and they don't have minutes in Europe, so maybe it's different. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Good. Well, I will report back on that one. Okay. Um, and also, real quick before we intro our guest, I just we just want to um, shout out Socially Brooke, Brooke Corradetti. She is a social media manager and is the owner of Socially Brooke. And if you are looking for social media services uh, to help grow your brand, your business, your personal account, she is your girl. If you contact her through her website or through Instagram, you can use Herspective10 for 10% off any of her social media packages. And her website is sociallybrook.ca. And you can find her on Instagram at sociallybrook. We highly recommend her. She is amazing. She's worked with some really incredible clients and businesses and brands. So uh, hit her up. Get in touch. Awesome. So we're really excited to introduce our guest uh, for the show today. We are speaking with Krista Webster. She is the president and CEO of Veritas Communications. And she is the vice chair of a cluster of Stagewell Global agencies. And they are spanning from advertising, shopper marketing, to digital and PR. So Krista brings over 20 years of public relations, social media, and influencer marketing experience. She has worked around the globe on huge, huge projects and accounts, campaigns, and with um, 
amazing brands and businesses. So we thought she would be a great guest to come on, especially in Gender Equality Month, to discuss how gender roles and gender equality has evolved uh, since she started working. Obviously, um, as the as the time goes on, things have changed. So she was great, full of insight, and uh, we learned a whole bunch from her. Yeah, she definitely gave us a lot of perspectives on just types of leadership, um, how she as a person and as a leader evolved also because you know when she got started in the industry and she gets into this um you know it was different as a woman and the way she had to and the way she had to present herself handle herself the kind of vibe and just energy that she gave off depending on who her audience was so Krista just gave us so much information and we really hope that you guys take a lot away from this conversation because we know we did and we're really excited to have her on the show today. Yes. Yeah, so without further ado, welcome to the show, Krista. Welcome to the show, Krista. We're so excited to talk to you today. We have uh, a myriad of questions and we know that you are just like a wealth of knowledge and experience. So we're really excited to have you on the show. Well, thank you, ladies. I'll, I hope I keep up. I uh, live up to your expectation of that, but it's a pleasure. You definitely will, and thank you as well. Um, why don't we just jump right in and start, and you can let everyone know exactly um, who you are and, and what you do. Okay. So I, um, who I am? Well, from a professional standpoint, I'm a uh, agency leader. I run uh, PR, advertising, marketing services agencies, and have been doing that pretty much all my life since I graduated. And, um, and so I would say that I'm, uh, some days I'm a negotiator, other days <laughs> I'm a mom to my team. Um, you know, it really depends on what's happening. I'm an evangelist. I'm a, I'm a, you know, hopefully a motivator. Um, I help protect clients. I also help promote them. So it really covers the gamut in terms of what I do in any given day. And all then the that kind of, that's right. All the hats <laughs> that just bleed into this, this, uh, elusive, um, work-life balance that I've never wanted to achieve, um, and I like it that way. So, uh, so yes, I feel like I'm 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 somewhat the same in whatever role I'm playing at any given time in my life. So you wear like a lot of hats, though. Like you know, people wear mom hats, employee hats. Um, you know, I guess wife hat. You're wearing like all of the hats. Interesting that I don't really play those the hats that you talked about though. I'm not a mom and I'm not married, so I play all the other hats, um, and I think that that's uh, a bit unusual. I guess I'm a true spinster because um, I work as a spin no. doctor, and I and I I'm not I'm not in the conventional sort of like married with children, which was the not conventional my... woman role. That's right, and yet I work with incredible moms, and I'm very motherly that way, and very maternal, very protective. Of the team, I I also you know come in as like a bit of a you know I'm hands on the hip like let's get in there so I probably have as much masculine too it, I just I play all the roles um, even you know the hopefully the the friend the sister the the all the things in between too to mm. agencies which are predominantly twenty thirty somethings. I did want to say there was a study done um, about who the happiest groups of people are and it's apparently women. Um, not saying you're this age, I'm just saying women 40, 50, uh, who are unmarried and are not mothers. So you may be 
approaching. So I might be the happiest person. You in might the world? be approaching the age oh where you'll be the okay. happiest. But I'm well, just saying. I approached uh, that age. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I approached it. You can't um, tell. But yes. <laughs> Would you classify yourself as uh, part of that group then? One of the happiest. I think I. You know what? I think you don't know what you don't know. So yes, the grass is always greener. Certainly, you look and go. Oh, you know, I wish I had thought of doing it that way. Or what if I had done this? Would it be different? I think, though, you know, in my journey, too, I'm a lot easier on myself than I used to be. And I would say that COVID probably has um, perpetuated that a little bit where you take a moment and go, OK, you know what? You didn't do this. You thought you were going to be here, but you never were conventional either. So you can't have it all, at least not at the same time. Right. And where you are is OK. And so you need to find peace with that and not always look at you know, the what ifs, but more of what what's still to come. And I think that that's what I implore at work. And so I need to apply the same things that I would expect and hopefully also emulate at work in my own life, which has been, for me, turning the mirror a little bit, I think is quite, quite difficult. And I would say even as a female leader, it's been very difficult to do that. Sometimes. So interesting. Practicing what you preach is obviously really important. And but I think you are such a great role model for other women because we use the term like not conventional. But I don't know if I would agree with that. I just think that that's, that was your path. That was your journey. But the fact that you are able to not always compare to what could have been and are at peace with what you've done because you've, I mean, you've accomplished so many amazing things. You've built businesses. You have worked with incredible business uh, brands, people. Um, you have an amazing team that obviously looks to you, um, not just as a leader, but like you said, sometimes the mom to the team. So I the mean, friend, I, think, the sister. I think that's yeah. just good advice and it's a good way to look at your life as women that's also something we struggle with for the most part is being at peace with who we are and where we are. A hundred percent. And I, and I would not want to give you a false sense that, that I'm at total peace. I'm at peace in this moment talking to you tomorrow. However, I may go, Oh my goodness. Why did I, why did I, you know, date that guy? Fair. <laughs> why did I spend so much time on that Fair. man? Um, or, you know, why did I not do X earlier? Why was I so interested in pushing myself? Or maybe generationally, I'm from a generation where parents would say, and I know this to be true because I have other friends who are, you know, Gen X, which is what I'm, what I am. So Gen X women, go, go, go. You can do everything. Get your, you know, get your masters. I did that. Go and be this. Don't do that. Don't settle. And there's a lot of us kind of looking around and going, well, we didn't settle and we feel really really pleased that we can decide what to do with our spare time. And I put that in quotations because, you know, we're as busy as, as if not busier probably what in some spare cases, time. right? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, um, you kind of look around and go, wait a minute. So was there, what's the catch? Like, was I also supposed to, did I miss out on things? Did I, do I feel like, you know, I should have had children? Do I feel like I'm, I, I'm giving a false sense of, you know, you can have it all or do, do this, the team look at me sometimes and go, that's exactly what I don't want to be. And maybe that's okay too, right? That's, that's, that's yeah. kind of an interesting perspective where as, as women look at generationally where they are, especially in their careers, they also, it has to come into personal relationships and children and all of those decisions. So it's, it it's complex. So much. It's so complex and it does affect um, how you operate in your career at many different points. I know for m me personally, I'm 33 years old, you know, kids yeah. approaching is something that we're talking about. But I fear I feel like when can I do that? Because 
today is not a good day in my career. I can't see next year being a good time. Like, so these are the things that weigh on us. Um, I'm not sure if this is is always how it was for women, but these are the things that go through our heads as women uh, trying to prioritize, trying to have it all. And it's tough because I know if I went on mat leave, yes, the world is fair. No, I'm going to be back. I'm going to all the hard work that I put in is not going to be there when I get back. Um, So that's really it's a struggle. It's hard to know. It's hard to decide what to do with yourself. Yeah, there's two things on that that I pulled out from what you said, Krista, is the perspective for sure. And um, I think that it that's a good point that you made that it's okay to have that perspective of maybe this isn't what I want, because maybe it's something that women think that they want, whether it's the conventional lifestyle or not. And I use air quotes for when I say conventional lifestyle. That's changing. Yeah. And, and, but I think the fact that you acknowledge that and can, you know, comfortably talk about that is also inspiring. And I would love to know how you deal with that. Like you said, you're at peace in this moment. So tomorrow, maybe you have those, all those questions. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you talk yourself down from it? How do you get back to a place of peace? Like, what would you do to center yourself? Yeah, no, it's a great question. I think, I mean, to bring myself back sometimes, you know, I, I, I am, um, I'm an introvert and an extrovert, so I'm equal parts. So I think that for me, what brings me back sometimes I do a lot of Pilates. I think I've become obsessive. I could be an instructor probably for the number of hours that I, I participate in that. Good for that's you. Really to, that's really to center myself and, and be meditative. And I think that's, you know, when I'm not thinking about and worrying about all the other things I should, that allows me to center myself. And that really brings me back to a place of even the breathing and all of that helps you kind of focus again on I'm doing something positive. I'm feeling the adrenaline of that, right? The, 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 the high of, of taking a little bit of time for myself. And that helps. I also think, though, um, I am most stimulated when I'm around my team. Now, that's been teams, of course, which has still been a godsend. Um, but I also center myself by being around my team and seeing and being excited by all the things that are happening to them, both career-wise and personally. I like to be around the smartest, most interesting, most handsome and beautiful people in the world, most kind, most everything. I don't like to be, you know, around, you know, just sort of, I like to celebrate the things that people really are going through because they deserve it. And and it's like, I get that excitement. So my stimulus comes from also, okay, I have my story, but then my story is so intertwined with so many other people's stories over the years. All the people that I've had the pleasure of working with, the numbers of people, especially in the agency that I work with over the years, is nothing like a regular corporate world, right? So you see, you start to work with people who are in their 20s. Sometimes they leave, they even boomerang and come back and work with you again. All of a sudden they're in their 30s and their 40s and even their 50s and they're telling you about their stories and where they are. So that also makes me feel like even if I haven't done the path that goes straight line, Right. right. I also have lived many stories through the other people I work with. And I'm not saying that to be corny. It really is is true. And at yeah. the same time, I also want to affect the ability to create choice for people. And I think for me, um, I think I always thought I had, an, uh, you know, I have lots of time to make the decision on, on which partner and which which ba- am I going to have children? I always thought I would have children. It's not that I didn't want it. I just wanted to make sure I had the right partner. I wanted to make sure I really had a partner to do that with. And, um, you know, uh, after I realized through an engagement that ended that, that he was not going to be the right partner or the father of my child, I actually, um, at 40, 
So I'm 49. I'm outing myself on this. Okay. At 40, I froze my eggs and I went through that process. And then I realized how actually for me, it was a great process. I didn't have any issues except I realized how expensive it was. So I introduced that into the agency shortly thereafter to cover the cost of it. So there's been some agency babies as a result of that. Now, at least Ontario is helping to offset the cost of some of that, you know, but the idea oh, of having... What does that mean? Sorry, I just... Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? So that so the Ontario government will pay for a certain round of, um, of IVF now. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, yes. But before, they didn't. I mean, it's still very expensive, but right. I think that that gave me the feeling that I at least have a choice in this and I can take, right. the, take that power and be empowered to make the decision at the time that I feel is right for me. That can be really stifling is having those limitations on age, where, although there's nothing we can do about it. We have to... We have to make these decisions by a certain age or else we miss our window. So even just having like that aspect um, of your story out there and, and telling people right now, that is, you know, that makes us feel a little bit better. Like we don't have to know everything right then and there. And I know as I've gotten older, it always feels like we do, but we don't. <laughs> we really don't. No, no. And I think I think women still feel I think men feel it, too. But I think women in particular still feel there's an expiration date in their careers at by 50. Right. And for men, it's interesting. I read something recently where, you know, for, for men, 50 is like literally the beginning of the next gen, the, the next, like the most important time of their careers. So mm. uh, now that's obviously different. And I work in a young profession where, um, you know, some of the some of some of my mentors are like well into their 60s, 70s and are still doing this and rocking it. That's probably more of a New York phenomenon than I would say a Toronto phenomenon. But Definitely. in general, um, I'm attracted to the what I do as much because it's got a youthfulness and energy to it that um, even some of the, the the some people who've been doing it for a long time still still evoke a very sort of youthful, cool, interesting, or still curious vibe. And I think that's that's what I like. People who are you know open to learning technology for me. I'm trying to be open to learning more of that. I'm looking at Bora. That's not right. Uh, but well, apparently we needed Bora today too. So. That's right. Thank God for uh, for you know the younger generation to help us get ready for a podcast. But yeah, I think you know um, it, it's it's all easy to talk about and to say, and then in your own personal moments, right? It's when for you, what really what, the the doubts are always there. I think right. no matter how accomplished any of us are in certain moments. There's always that doubt. There's always that self-doubt. There's always those moments where you, especially if you're driven, which I think the three of us could probably say we are, right? Definitely. Where yes. it, it never feels like it's enough, and but you're not quite sure what you keep, you know, what you're driving for. What's the next thing, right, as, right. A, as a woman? And that changes, too, over the times. Would you say that that is a, a woman thing, or would you say that men, you think men feel that way as well? I think men feel that way as well in a different way, right? I think men are, are um, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of all men, but, you know, I can say that there's, there's I, I believe there's as many men who are always thinking about how they need to reinvent themselves and worrying about that in terms of how do I get to the next place or how do I get to that, that promotion? But I don't think that they have the, the same 
the same concern about the, the guise of being female and feminine, how you ask for it, how you get there, the pretense or how, you know, how do I maneuver it and, and making sure I don't look like I'm being too aggressive or making sure, like there's a lot yeah. of that that is true. And I know it sounds cliche, but there is a lot of that, right? But it's not just cliche because it is true. Like I've experienced it. I've witnessed it. Yeah. So you know, that's what I was going to ask you at the beginning. You mentioned, am I too masculine? Something like that um, in terms of your, I guess, work uh, personality or or how you show up at work. And I wanted to ask you about that. Is that still a thing? Like, are we still uh, masculine, feminine? Like, I I believe it is, obviously. um, But are we moving away from that? How is that showing up? And are women still being like, I'm saying so many things in air quotes right now because obviously this isn't the reality yeah. for everything, but are women still being penalized for being masculine-ish at work? Well, I think I show up as, uh, so here's how I, I, I mean, right or wrong, I show up as masculine or feminine. I'm very aware of how I need to like make sure I speak up or, but not, but not overtake. And there's a little bit of bromance happening between the guys on that. And I'm like, how do I interject or do I, do I just, you know, like I'm very conscious about that. And that's in a work scenario. And then also equally with, um, with women and female clients over the years, I've been very conscious of them trusting me, making sure that they don't feel like, you know, I'm, I'm too feminine, too much in there. Like, you know, like, like, you know, I, I want to present to someone credible that they'll go, Oh, Chris is really smart and I believe in her and I trust her. Right. So how I've had to maneuver that even with clients, let alone colleagues has been very conscious, right? Not to mention all the things that, that come with just being in business as women and the things that, you know, with, with me too, and all of those other other things that have come out, those have been real and certainly real experiences for me in many ways. So I, I, I think you definitely still have to think about that. And I think, you know, I don't think men do to the same level. I don't believe they do. Yeah, I don't. Agreed. I really don't think they do because I don't think society makes them. I was just going to say for, needs them to be. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to minimize, but I just, I think that it, they don't need to. I think men, while you said they are probably always trying to reinvent themselves or they go through stages in life where they feel, I need to reinvent myself, I need to be relevant, because they still are also competing with a younger demographic. And I think we all feel that pressure when, you know, you're the old, I always like to say the old girl or the old guy in the club. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. But I do, I think they just have much more of a natural confidence going into anything that they're going into, whereas women have that kind of self-doubt and that second guessing and I mean that's something that we wanted to chat about with you too is just that whole idea of imposter syndrome which I do think women suffer from much more than men Um, and I mean you are now the CEO of your own agency but you weren't and so like how did you deal with imposter syndrome if you had it at all as you were like kind of climbing that ladder as you were getting to this place in your life yeah so, um, imposter syndrome, I find interesting cause I've never, I don't think, um, my definition of it or my experience of it has been the same as what people mean by it. I think in my early parts of my career, I would wear glasses and try and dress a certain way because I was conscious of how young I looked. Oh, those were the days. Um, <laughs> but also that I was, I wanted to be taken seriously. So I would look around and say, oh, there's the serious person. I'm going to make sure I look like that. 
Is that like less Um, makeup, like dressing a certain way as well? Yeah, I was like, uh, yeah, I'd put my hair back. I'd put the glasses on. So this very studious appearance. And is this also... Like not no sex appeal. I was just going to say, are you like trying to look neutral sex-wise so to not attract anything? I think I was. I, I think I was just looking... Well, I think I was just looking to look smarter and be taken seriously yeah. for my brain. Right. And that's, I will say, men never have to do that, I doubt. <laughs> they probably yeah, never had no, that across their mind at all. But that reminds me of the part in, um, if you watched it, just yeah. real quick, is Inventing Anna. Because yes. she yeah. Yeah. did exactly yeah. that. She yeah. was this she beautiful the blonde on. bombshell style, you know, and she tried to have the, I mean, although she was fraud, a fraud, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> that was a different kind of imposter. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not skirting over the fact that she was truthfully a fraud, but the fact that she was, she recognized I'm not being taken seriously. I have to just like dress the part. And With she literally the men did. Too. And that changed everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, what's interesting, it was a female leader that finally said, Krista, lose the glasses and the thing. Like, just be you. Amazing. Right? Now, shortly after that, one of the partners, uh, he also, you know, inappropriately hit on me and was sexually harassing me. So there you go. Jeez, after you lost the glasses? the glasses on. After I lost the glasses. So interesting. That's, uh, I, I think that, and no one said, it wasn't like I thought of myself in any way as, as sexualized or anything. I, it was more my consciousness of being taken seriously. And interestingly, in the, the PR space, which is where I've spent most of my career, it's predominantly female, right? right? It's mostly women who work in that space. Often the leaders are, are male, the ones that are the, the, like the super, the the super level. Yeah. That's right. And so um, I think I was just, uh, and maybe subconsciously, I was thinking, I just want to be taken seriously. I, I want the women that are, you know, my bosses to take me seriously. Right. Right. Was more of my, my construct, I think, than worried about coming across a certain way to the, to the men. Now, I certainly, my eyes, uh, woke, you know, woke up to that many times forward that um, that was going to be a norm in business that you had men saying and doing inappropriate things. The jokes that we have to brush off all the damn time and all that shit. Oh, all of that. And, and you know what? Clients suddenly, you know, falling for you because you're spending time with them and you're, you're giving them attention. Bosses that are, you know, setting up dinner dates with you that are meant to be meetings. And these are all the innocent things that we are like not supposed to, like, it's not like they actually touched you or did anything, right? So we're just supposed to forget about all that shit as if it's nothing. Right. And, and that's right. And you, and you got credit. And I, and listen, I saw this as power too. I knew how to maneuver that. So if I, next morning after the dinner, there, nothing was spoken. This was what, right? And it was fine. And so you were entering into then um, a different spectrum in your career by being invited in because they knew that you were safe. Oh, right. You now get the ne- you now get the next level of work or the ex- ne- next exciting thing to work on. I don't know. Um, I feel cringy right now. I know, I... but that was my that was how I taught. It was like a self taught. We none of us would talk about it as women, right? Right. And that and I'm talking like. This is, this is, this is, you know, through my career, this is where I thought, okay, now I see the power. Now yeah. I'm starting to figure it out. Yeah. And so I was able to, you know, 
use that in some respects to my benefit while still hopefully making my brain the, the, the front and center of getting into where I wanted to, to get into, um, never would I have leveraged anything and no, no uh, judgment on other women who may have. I never took a man's interest in me and taking me to the next level in terms of like, I needed to do that right. in order to get to X. Right. No but I certainly, I, cer I certainly made them feel safe and comfortable if there was an inappropriateness in order to know that I could still get into the next sort of right. tier of so you can interesting still have the work. Doors or, open. Correct. Correct. So do you think that has kind of reduced over time though? Like we talked about me yeah. too. That's kind of, it's, I mean, it's not new, new, but it's, it is new enough. This, I feel like a lot of that or a lot of men realize like, yikes, I kind of have to change my behavior because like this isn't going to really fly anymore, um, especially since the Me Too movement. Do you think it hasn't yeah, has think, impacted or are they just have people gotten smarter or, or quieter ways? Yeah. No, I think it's I think it's impacted everyone, men and women. Right. I think it's changed the hopefully it's changed the playing field where women realize, interestingly, younger generations of women that I work with now, they don't they wouldn't. It's un, probably inconscionable to think that they, that they would have to do that. OK, right. That and that's that's that. In some, I would say in some respects, that's a really good naivete because I'm sure it will still happen. Right. But not to the same degree. But I do think that men and women, the acceptance by women, right, of certain generations is probably millennial, like zennial, kind of like my, you know, that sort of area where they go, okay, uh, that's not the way that this should be. So we promote not having to go through that with the next generations. And men are certainly way more conscious. Right. And I would say the, the, the you know, in general, um, I think that it's a consciousness where they want to do right. The ones that are, the ones that are good are going to try even harder. Right. The ones that are just bad apples are going to continue to be bad apples. Let's face that, that's right? True. Like that's just the so. Um, but I think the sen the fact that we're talking about it, that sensibility is out there, has really changed the the game and the dynamics. I think of how women need to approach um, growing up in the business and the power that they yield. You know, I kind of like. I appreciate how you said there's an, a a naiveness going on um, in the younger generations of women. Only because if if that is the case and then they do experience something and they will be all the more shocked and actually probably react in a way that is warranted. Whereas us and your generation, like we yeah. know to just, you know, laugh it off because God forbid we made that man uncomfortable. And uh, if we said anything, Correct. now we're hysterical women. So it's kind of nice um, to know that that is changing and younger generations will approach it with a way that you know, is, is how it should be. No, the inappropriate joke is I, not nice for anyone to hear. So yes, they should be shocked, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that there's, there's more power now for women of all, of all ages and, and shape sizes, everything. Right. right. But I think young generations have, have a moment now where they can just be and not have to worry about all the pretense at the same time. I do get a lot of questions from some of the younger women that work with me on, you know, if I'm in a, in a meeting with a client and I feel uncomfortable or he says this or he wants to have a drink after, I don't know how to respond to that. Right. I don't know if I know how to respond to that, to be honest, any like how I would now as a, you know, older person. 
There's a way to respond <laughs> yeah, to it professionally, out. and then there's a way to respond to it. Like, say you're at a bar and a guy gives you unwanted attention, you know how to tell him off. But professionally, Correct. I feel like we have to really navigate and learn ways, again, to not ruin this man's precious ego and not blow it up in order to uh, right. re- like leave that situation unscathed. But also to Krista's point, having her um like those that look at her as a role model or role model or a mentor um i think there's still for, for women specifically a little bit of fear of like if i do say no or i appear uncomfortable am i risking my job or am i risking mm-hmm. my position and lose your client i think that clouds your judgment a little bit am i risking losing a client for Krista's business like yeah yeah especially yeah, when it's yes. a joke again in air quotes because that's how it could come back you know correct correct and it's never in and my and you know I always see them as it's case by case first of all you should you should you know react first of all what in the way that you feel comfortable right. so if you are uncomfortable you should remove yourself in whatever way you need to to do that if you are uncomfortable but you appreciate that you also don't necessarily like they don't all want to just get up and leave and i'm not making it sound like our clients are all asking of course making it sound like all my <laughs> no. clients ask all the ladies out for drinks this is more of a generalization so say, generalization <laughs> but right something yes, that everyone have, can relate lovely, to we actually have lovely clients we have the best clients ever but <laughs> no. it was but in general there's i think i think that when you work in agency life you hear these of stories course. from they there's being shared all the time yeah. And I think you either remove yourself or my point is you have a power in that too. How you react and how you, and maybe this is right or wrong, ladies, and this is up for debate, how you manage the situation can also set the tone for what he does or says next. Absolutely. And so if, if it's about the artfulness of, you know what, I love that you want to have another drink with me. I will have another drink, but what I'm going to say is from there... I have an early morning and yeah. a deadline and my, my partner's waiting for me at home. So we're just going to have this. There's certain things you can say. There's subtleties without embarrassing, yeah. without, you know, and also without presupposing. Now, that's like Krista's debutante yeah. school of how to deal with navigate an uncomfortable, you know, man coming <laughs> onto a woman. But I think that there's um, sometimes it really is that, a, you know, the, the, that client really does want to just spend extra time with you. And you, they enjoy that person because... There's a bond there in terms of a professional bond and you know when it's going too far, but you can also handle it in a way where you're in public. There's nothing there to be concerned about except that, you know, just, just, I think it's how you, how you manage it in a diplomat, diplomatic way. Right. Yeah. Um, he'll figure it out and now they're going to figure it out faster. Yeah. And you know, there's, I'm, I'm making it seem like, all, like you said, all the men in work meetings are perverts or like, you know, terrible people. I know, and they're not. <laughs> they're really not. I've gone out for many, 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 many drinks with many, many, many male clients, yes. one-on-one or whatever. Um, there's been even times where I've gone, you know, we've gone all night drinking. I've, a work meeting turns into yes. something and there's never been yes. an issue. <laughs> it's going to be completely fine. Yes. Just two people having drinks together. Um, so I did want to preface this. It's like any younger people listening, don't be afraid to like go out in the world with like a male client. <laughs> it's, you're all going to be okay. Coworker or boss. Um, yes, it's certainly, we certainly don't want to yes. like paint the picture that <laughs> professional men are just out there <laughs> ready to predators. Like, pounce. Yeah. Um, but these situations do happen and in fairness. Yes. yes. It happens to men yeah. from women. It, I mean, it really can happen in any kind of dynamic right i think it can happen um, from men just, to women but i doubt that men 
get together and have like these types of conversation where it's like, you know, if that woman ever says something or if you feel uncomfortable, because I've been in many positions where bosses and things like that have said, just so you know, if you're ever uncomfortable, but they're not saying that to my male colleagues. Like they don't have to say if you're uncomfortable, do this. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah, it is a good point. And we shouldn't assume it's it's women and male clients. It can be, uh, you know, male colleagues and male clients. It can be women. I've seen the whole, all of the dynamic, though. Absolutely. You yeah. know, there. I think there's, yes. <laughs> and we should all feel like we can still go out and enjoy ourselves. Because that's part of the professionalism, too. Coming out of COVID, yes. we're all dying to get out again and see each other and enjoy and that. And it's part right? of the and industry to wine and dine your clients, to go out. You're bonding. Absolutely. And that's nice. If, you're, if people are Absolutely. spending money with you. They like to bond with you. They want to get to know you. They That's want right. to trust you. So That's right. it is part of it. And it's really fun most of the time. All the time, really. Correct. Except Correct. For the times it's exactly. not. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> but I mean, that still talks to the whole idea of gender equality in the workplace, though, right? Like, that's kind of what we're talking about today, too, is just. You said, Jess, like, I highly doubt that your boss would ever direct that those kinds of if you're uncomfortable comment towards your male colleagues. And it probably isn't happening. Um, and I hope it's not happening often, period, in any situation. But like, in terms of ratios, I, I do think that it's probably much less female to male um, inappropriate behavior in the workplace. Um, and even so, then, sorry, that's glamorized. If you look at movies, that's like the hot, the older boss coming on, you know. Well, this is a, that's a really that's right. important take, right? Because like on one hand, we're sitting here talking about like why it's important um, to like speak how to up protect for yourself, ourselves. stay professional, <laughs> how to protect ourselves. But then society is like feeding you like, oh, don't you want this? Like this would be so hot and this is so cool and this is how you rise to the top. And it's like, I'm so confused. Like TV says, do this, but my like moral compass says don't. So I again, that's just going back to you, Krista. Like rising up, um, building a business, like really owning, literally owning an agency and owning who you are. Like, do you think the way, like through your experiences and the way you've um, like grown in business and with your companies, your agencies? Have you learned how to kind of like change some of these biases in the in the corporate world? Like, are, do you take a different approach as a leader versus like what maybe your experiences mm-hmm. were with female or male leaders? Yeah, no, it's a good question. So caveat, I'm a partner. I don't own the agencies. I have great shareholders. They own the majority of everything. So um, not that just not as a qualifier, but you're giving me more credit than I deserve. Though I have always treated every role I'm in as if I owned it. So that's that probably is why you're a leader why, nonetheless. Um, I'm so I'm a, I'm a very accountable person. But um, I try to uh, I try to lead with um, the 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 unbiased approach that everybody should have an opportunity. And in fact, it's interesting because I work, as I said, a, a, across a medley of agencies. So in a PR setting, you'll often have like a couple of guys and mostly women, as I mentioned. So it's besides leadership. I think I've probably gone above and beyond sometimes in the wrong way through my career of the few guys that are in PR as a leader. I want to make sure they're okay. And that I can say this, like, are you okay? Uh, be, you know, because there's so, so much female power around right. them. Right. And you and you're just so happy that there's some gender 
you know, um, <laughs> like that you have a bit of, uh, yes, that, that you probably over index. So thing one, um, thing two is, uh, at the same time, I have always expected, I, I think regardless of age or gender, I'm, I'm going to lead with not as a woman, but as someone who's going to give the, the rules. And we, I expect all of us to sort of play by those rules in a fair way. So that it's not, um, and that I will also say has, has served me well, but also has been a learning for me over the years with moms because it actually isn't the same being a mom. And I have not been a mom except for to my dog Fozzie and to, you know, like that to other, other moms, kids, uh, as the auntie. But I will say that that, that level of me wanting to be fair and equal as a leader has served me really well with the majority, but where it didn't serve me well and where I needed to learn is with moms. Because I, it's not that I couldn't empathize, but I, I truly wanted it to just be the same. Right. Okay. And, and in that case, you realize it's not the same because the majority of the moms are still doing the majority of Correct. the work with their kids. And in agency, we want to keep as many moms as possible because it's very hard to, since our hours are all over the place, it's really difficult. And so trying to create a more flexible environment with an appreciation for that, while also acknowledging that those who've chosen to be single, and there are women who work for me that have chosen to be single, to not, meaning, meaning they don't, or to, to either not get married or not have children, that there's an acknowledgement there too that we need to have rules that are also fair. So if it works for the moms, I say now it works for everyone. Right. So I've now looked at a mom culture as the state of the nation wow. for everybody. So that, so that it's not, it's not felt like those who are not going to be moms or that are the ones that are staying late, not just because they're in their twenties and they should do that. Just by the way, ladies and men, <laughs> you should still do that. Absolutely. Um, but, especially in okay, life. but yeah. right. Especially in age, but also to make sure that those who are not following that path don't feel like they're also being missed. Wow. That's and not so seen. amazing. I'm so happy to but, hear that there are leaders out there that are implementing these things for moms, because like you said, there's so many places, so many industries, so many jobs where, uh, we're just expected to go on like there's not a whole other very important thing dictating our lives well i am a mom and it it has affected me i've had two children so i've gone on two mat leaves which um i mean as fair as like i mean you have to get your job back typically if you are a full-time employee like by law um which is great and i think that's really important but when I was younger and, like, when I became pregnant, I felt very scared about it. I didn't tell my bosses, who were both male, um, one yeah. was a father, one was not, um, for as long as I could possibly not tell before it was, like, quite obvious. I'm having a baby tomorrow. <laughs> no, something uh... is coming. <laughs> um, but it was just this – I was – I mean, I was actually only 27, so um, I was quite a bit younger, but it was – just really scary I was like they're gonna hate me they're gonna fire me they're gonna find a way to fire me um even though I know you can't they're not supposed to you can't but hey things happen they could you know businesses can do a lot of things so I hearing this is like to my younger self like it's it wouldn't it wasn't like that and it wouldn't have been like that and I I hope that any of our listeners listening that maybe are in similar positions maybe they're starting to think about children I mean Jess you're one there is leadership out there and I do think that as a whole a lot is changing and is starting to recognize not just moms 
but I mean dads too because um, like paternal yeah. paternity leave is becoming more popular um, but just different people's different lifestyles because you also have people that maybe care for a family member care for an elderly parent like 100% so it's this the idea of like nine to five or like agency nine to whenever <laughs> Um, just can't really exist anymore, right? Well, especially in the real since world. COVID, we learned that we learned especially how since COVID. people have yeah. evolved. Um, you know, with the flexible hours, with the remote working, uh, and still did what really well. And I think a lot of people are a lot happier having that flexibility instead of being chained to a desk or these stupid rules that you know maybe once needed to exist but now no longer do. I, I agree, and I and I, I have a bias because I've I've chosen to stay in agency life my whole career, which is you know um, I happily has taken me all over the world, but and I can't imagine doing anything but that. Um, but what I will say the 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 bias is that agency life, as crazy as it, it is, often characterized, and it is you know mad men and mad women. It's it is there's a lot of fun to that right. too. Absolutely. Um, but it also empowers you to take, and I say this to the young, younger generations that are working in the agency, and they probably look at me like, what? Because we're of service to clients. So our schedules are based on our clients' schedules. Right. We have really great clients when we're not entertaining them at nighttime, as I've made them all sound very salacious. I know. And it's very, like, you know. <laughs> not just um, you. We've done this you know, too. <laughs> our, 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 that's right. Our male and female clients and, t- and both, you know, our, they have families too. Right. They have evolved. And so we respond to how they work. And so, in fact, you can fit in, and I encourage it to fit in doctor's appointments if you need to go here. We're not micromanaging and figuring out where you are. You have a certain amount of things you need to get done, billable hours, whatever that is. It depends on each company. But but in between that, you're really of service to the client. So how you do right. that and how you do that with your team and your manager is really up to you. So I actually think agency has way more flexibility than other professions for that reason. I just think it gets a bad rap. And probably by the people in it, because we aren't realizing, wait a minute, we, even without COVID, you could still go and do that and fit it in as long as you made sure your client had that meeting at that time, right? right? And clients are very, very amenable to working around schedules when they have people they love working on their files, right? I will say that, you know, and it really is a joint, a joint thing. So it's not the agency dictating, it's the clients and they're really they're really great. Clients, for the most part, are wonderful to work with that way and will maneuver around it and are also experiencing the same things as moms, as dads, and everything else, yeah. right, in most cases. Yep. So I think that I think it's, cha- I think it's changing. COVID is, it has made it even more so. But we all need to acknowledge that we're taking care of more than ourselves in other ways besides work, right? Yep. And so I just think that, you know, Moms in general, if, if you can, if, if it works for them, as I said, and it's not perfect in any way, but that has become my barometer, which was a big change in the last five years. That would never have been how I would have looked at it. I would have been a very like, I'm not a mom. I want it all equal across everything. And while you want equal rules, everybody comes from a different place. Mm-hmm. So moms first, plus then you have, as you mentioned, do you have caregiver? Are you a caregiver to a parent? Uh, you know, what is your situation? Is someone adopting? Um, you know, all, are you choosing to, you know, are you just a single person who just wants, doesn't want to be the last person and, you know, working till midnight and everybody drops everything on them, right? There's, everything is informed by, I think, making sure we're all fair, balanced and fair to each other and open about talking about how to get to the best place. Wow. I think that 
it's a constant evolution too and it sounds like you recognize that and I mean just from when you started speaking about your beginnings or like earlier on in your career and like how you saw the power in um kind of behaving for your audience and then changing over time like I think that's you've had such an evolution in just your your career journey and now you've like brought that into your leadership style which it sounds like you lead with a lot of compassion and understanding which I think more and more uh companies agencies leaders managers are because I think we come to this place where like we are just humans like we are just people correct and And as much as we love our jobs there are other things in our lives that are calling us or that we also want to do too but it doesn't have to be one or the other and I think that people are realizing that men and women and I think working from home really is opening our eyes for things like that like being remote I'm not sure if you guys are back in the office yet but or if you'll ever go back, but my office is gone. We're yeah. never going back. So this is my life forever. And it's, and I personally have a hard time with it because I like people. But um, like, for example, I can go get my nails done on lunch. And, you know, if it goes a little longer, right. that's okay. That's, and it's not a thing to be stressing right. about and worrying about. And that changes a lot. Like that really creates well, that a, a lot more for happiness. Exactly. Like that changes your overall feeling about your role. And that is another thing that um, I've thought a lot about just from my experiences too is like happiness in your job, happiness in your workplace Um, because I've, you know, I've quit jobs over the years and more recently I've thought about it like am I, was I quitting the actual job or was I quitting my boss or my management? And Mm, I think to be honest, a lot of the times, I was quitting my manager um, or boss, whatever term you want to use, because there wasn't necessarily this sense of compassion, this like understanding. And I, I, so I don't want to come across and whoever listens to the show knows that I'm not like, you know, some like softy, like I'm a very like independent, strong person, but I am still a person and I'm still a mother and I'm still a woman and I have good days and I have bad days like everybody else. But I, I do think the management that I've had that leads that way, like with compassion, understanding, equality, um, I've stayed in those roles where with the management I have, and, and it has actually mostly been female um, managers that I have left being like, oh my God, this is so toxic. Like you're making this environment so toxic. You micromanage. And and some of them are mothers as well. But I, I now look at it like, are you a product of an old like stereotype are you a product of what used to be and you just don't know how to break that mold and and evolve in in your role yes I feel like that's such a difficult thing to navigate and that's why I do applaud you for kind of breaking that mold changing that dynamic especially because of your your past your experience your professional experience didn't really ever allow for that kind of mentality that you're operating under now so it is very impressive that you bring that progressive, you know, mindset to your leadership. Oh, well, thanks, ladies. I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm not perfect and none of it is perfect. No one's perfect. But I, I, think, um, I, think that, um, I, I think that we evolve and I think, you know, I've become more comfortable in, I think, just being, I mean, I'm also in a privileged position where I can say and, and think the way and enforce it in a way that others can't. 
Um, yeah. I tend to diffuse things with humor. Um, like let's look at the sort of the, the brighter side or, or which can be cheeky too in a way that makes a point without making a point, right? So people are, can kind of laugh at it and, and still still realize they need to smarten up. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think there's, there's a, a way you can do that in a more compassionate way. And, and frankly, you know, PR is the dominant PR advertising. We are the, you're, we're, you're buying people. Yeah. You're like there, you literally, it is the, probably the most difficult thing in the world too, is that where it's all about what have you created today? You know, it's very vulnerable for people to work in this business because you're like, do you like me? Yeah, absolutely. Cause it really is. Do you like the product I created? Do you like the, you know, the, the press release I wrote? Do you, did I get you the results? How are you feeling about me today? And a lot of people that even go into the, the, the advertising PR world tend to be, uh, overthink things for the right reasons, but also really wear their heart on the sleeve, right? And I think that, so we're all probably a little oversensitive to begin with, but I see that as a good thing. And it's allowed me to hopefully now become even more empathetic and compassionate as I get older to myself and to the team. That's a good right? point. And I think if the team yourself. sees that, I think if, and I think if the team can see that I, sometimes I screw up or I'll say it's okay or here's how I'm feeling or right, you know, then that also makes them hopefully feel a little safer. Um, I'm not crying on the, on calls or, or on teams meetings. There's, you know, there's this, there's a level where you as a leader also have to go. Yeah. A vulnerable leader is a good leader, but to what level? And you need to know the time and the place. So that's probably my next development for me is when is, when is it right? When is it not? And, you know, and those are the things I'm more conscious of because, um, generationally, I think that the next, the next generation of, of workforce is much more aware and self-aware of their feelings, their emotions of, you know, how their, you know, their mental health, are they feeling satisfied overall, not just in a career. And so we also, it, I think that's actually been a blessing too for, for older leaders like me who've been in the business for a while that can go, okay, if we're going to be like that, then I'm also going to step up too and allow myself a little bit of uh, that vulnerability and how I'm thinking and, and really try to put myself in the shoes of others to ensure that we have at least the, the, the best practices we can try to deliver today. Tomorrow, it might be different. We'll have off days. It's never, as I said, it isn't never perfect, but it needs to change and it always should change anyway. It's yeah, awesome. and I think you, when you say that, when you have, show some vulnerability, you're bringing a human element. And again, I think that was missing for a long time because as we've talked about you leading with compassion and kindness, like I feel like you're gonna see a better result also out of that rather than leading with the like iron fist and kind of a bully mentality and I do think some women um, have fallen into that unfortunate like trap of like I need to be such a like overbearing boss like the stereotypical um, yeah. like bitch boss because that's what you thought you had to do to be relevant to, to get, respect. get respect to climb the corporate ladder um, and to play with the boys and be in the boys club so to speak so but I, I'm, I'd be curious to see if there was like a study down that is showing like productivity and just general overall yeah. happiness in yeah. workplaces that are led with that kind of mentality or led with kindness, empathy, support, vulnerability, and you know, what, yeah. what kind of work is being accomplished and how clients feel about who they're working with if we're speaking from like in a marketing, advertising, PR um, yeah. standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and clients also, it goes right into the clients want to show their vulnerability too at the right times. That's why they have partners. So you have to also do that in order to teach 
like all agency's all about teaching, right. right? And so showing and, you know, I always say you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So listen a little and then yeah. start to, you know, interject. But, um, you know, clients need that level of concern too. They're not, when you don't hear back from them, they do have other things going on. You know, it's like you have to teach the team that they also, and, and they also um, have good days and bad days. Yeah. So it really is about this, this, the human interaction and the psychology it's not just what the output is. Um, so I think that's an important part and step in it as well. It's funny, you also mentioned, Lauren, the, you know, the women that sort of come in with an iron fist and they feel a need to be that way. I think that, you know, I feel badly for anybody who continues to feel like that's how they have to be. But what I will say is that over the years, I've had so many things said about me that people who have no idea who I am, and because I was, I didn't have children, because I was this feisty little, you know, PR girl, I've had wretched things said about me by women who then I, you know, brought them in, maybe even interviewed them like, wow, I had no idea. So we perpetuate this too. And that still happens. That does still happen. Absolutely. Yeah. We still have a society full of judges. Um, you know, we judge a lot professionally, non-professionally. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it's it's only going to be a good thing when you can kind of take those glasses off and, and see the reality and see that people, I like I like what you said before, Lauren, people are just people. We're just humans trying to navigate the world. And usually when That's women right. are talking badly about other women, especially like for you in a leadership position, maybe somebody beneath you um, in a, would say like something bad, it's often coming from a place of jealousy too right like and I think as you get older you kind of become more aware of that and maybe just because they don't know how you accomplish this and they don't know if they can do it themselves so it's like oh well she obviously didn't have kids because she didn't prioritize that or like no one she didn't want a man or no man wanted her because she worked too much like we all hear these things and a lot of people are very quick to make those judgments still and it, it is crazy. And that's part of why we started this show is because we realized that we formed opinions just from hearing someone speak about something. We're like, oh, yeah, we, we think that way, too. And then we're like, do we? No, <laughs> no we, we realize don't. we know nothing. Well, that, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. And I think I think when you talk about gender equality in the workplace, you know, um, and this this in my cases, it was people in the industry, not necessarily those hopefully that worked closer to me. But there's a gender um uh, inequality in terms of how women still are, it's, you know, it's not even a competitiveness. It's an assumption. If there's an assumptive sense by women, I think still oh, yeah, there's a stereotype. that you have, to, you know, we have to fit these archetypes of boxes and, and it's still threatening for women to be successful. So that's another thing. When we talk about vulnerability, we need to be really open and vulnerable with each other. And I am, I spent COVID calling leaders of competitive agencies and they were like, what's he calling me for? And starting to open up the doors of let's talk about how we can do some more business together. I've always admired you. Um, wow. And I think that is a, because I really have. And I think if you pull those barriers down as competitive and cutthroat as our business is, and it is, if you can pull that down and just know that we all have this facade that we're trying to live up to, but take that away and really build bridges more than, you know, build like literally destroying each other. Sometimes it is that that's what makes it exciting too. It's so competitive. It's that's, that's the greatness of it as well. Then we're, we as women are going to be able to go further because often we are the reasons why we don't. The, the male thing is there. That is a thing, right? That is a, that is a real thing. 
but it, the women can be a powerful bridge or they can also be a powerful block. And I think we have perpetuated things in business and in my business that I, I really believe we need to be more vulnerable and, and open to each other about uh, acknowledging it and stopping it wow. altogether. Absolutely. Because it, it can be really destructive. Yeah. That is, it feels uh, like everything I mean, you've I, said is like quote point. after quote today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, like just perfect for a PR <laughs> professional. We want to quote you. Yeah, and you know it's funny because well, I do our editing and I do our sound bites and like everything you've said, I'm like, this is a sound bite. And then next thing you say, I'm like, no, this is a sound bite. Like it's it amazing. I don't know, Jess. I tend to be a, a bad example of what we teach our clients, which is short, snappy sound bite. I can go on and on and you're like, where's she going with this? And then it's like and then I bring it back later and go, remember I said blah, right? You always so have a that like gift in itself. Not. That's a yeah. gift in itself. But in this on this platform, that's what you want. You want explanation, you want clarity. And I I think that you have really given us like so much to think about and our listeners a lot to think about and like Mm -hmm. a good way to just sort of start looking at life differently as a female as a business person um and yeah, with if, our if own if colleagues people... with our yeah. clients as well with our leaders as well like I feel inspired um to operate a little different with a little bit more compassion and you know kindness not that I'm <laughs> some evil bitch at work but you know what I mean like I do feel inspired to just give everyone a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt sometimes yeah a little grace yeah and I I think that you by doing like by operating the way you operate you you're building a community within your network and hopefully for the younger generations that work alongside you um will take like we'll we'll remember this and I think you they will because I still remember and really like am thankful for the great leadership and mentors that I had and like I certainly remember the bad ones but like the the great (laughs) ones are the ones that helped shape me right Mm -hmm. and I mean I guess some of the bad ones shaped you too but in a good way like I was like well I won't do that (laughs) or I don't like that but that's true you're building a generation to come up after that will still operate the way you do and and continue that growth and that leadership through compassion and kindness and I mean that's all we can really ask for is you just hope that you are continually inspiring people to just lead with goodness that's right you can be good humans and do well absolutely you can do well right and I always, and from a PR standpoint I always say it's not ER it's PR so <laughs> you need to put things I love into that that's, I have to tell myself that a lot of the time right. at work like it's not life or death because you get so stressed out and then you're like it is not life that's or right. death yeah I think I think putting things in perspective is important and and listen I'm an overachiever I want things to be right I want to make sure we do the, the best we can but when it comes to, I think nothing has been punctuating this more than COVID and even more recently what's going on in the Ukraine, that, you know, we're, we, it, we can all, what we do is super important, but um, how we are and how we show up in the middle of uh, a world that's unpredictable is, is I think, what's lasting. And um, there's, there are bigger things. There's always going to be bigger things at play, but we can control what we do, at least in our world. And that's, that's, uh, that's an important part of hopefully adding to the greater good. Oh, I mean, that. what better way to end the show on that note? I, like you just said, everything perfectly. And um, this has been just such a great conversation. And I hope that we've inspired, um, I hope well, you've inspired our listeners and 
um, that they can take lots away from this conversation. And like you said, it's how we show up and we can make the changes um, starting with ourselves and also just like remembering to love yourself too and be at peace maybe where you are today and maybe it won't be tomorrow, (laughs) but Krista, you gave some good pointers on how to get back there. Um, So yeah, just to close out, Tell tell our listeners where they can find you. They want more information or to learn more about your agency. Yes. So you can um, certainly find me on Instagram, Krista.Webster. You can also uh, email me, Webster, at VeritasInc.com. And i um, happy to always uh, to, uh, meet new people and chat through anything in terms of the profession and just in life. Um, as I said, I, 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 I get off on learning about new things from, from new people. So I'm happy to make any, any um, acquaintances coming out of this and, and, or help you connect with people that you might want to meet with to get to where you want to go in your career or in life. Oh, that's amazing. amazing. Thank you so much. And we feel the same. That's what uh, gets us excited is meeting new people, learning new, peop- uh, learning new things and hearing uh, people's stories and experiences. Um, so if you are wanting more information on anything we've talked about today, you can also reach out to us and as always follow us at Perspective underscore podcast. And I think that's a wrap. Yes. Ladies. <laughs> Thank you so much, <laughs> Krista. Thank you. Thank you guys you. are amazing. Re- really, so it was much. a pleasure. It was the highlight of my day, maybe maybe my week. And I know the week is only, it's only Tuesday right today, but uh, it was great. Thank Same you. Thank here. So I would much. love to do it again. So Can't wait to have you on again. I would love Definitely. that. Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you Bye. both. Bye. Bye.